We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC, in the new studio. Still going to be some tweaks and, and twitches a long way, but this is pretty exciting to be in the new studio. <laughs> So happy to have everybody with us today. Happy to have you join us in your pursuit of knowledge. Remember, it's knowledge and virtue that Samuel Adams said would be the saving grace of America. And universal ignorance and debauchery would be our downfall. And so that's what we do here. We are a teach show and not a talk show. And we're both here today. Yes. JC doesn't have to run solo today. Right. It's good. <laughs> Just as uh, by way of, of kind of like advertisement, I suppose, we are going to be in Texas uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. Friday night is an event open to the public in Gainesville, Texas. So if you are in the Dallas area, in the Eastern Dallas area, then you want to go to chrisannhall.com and check out where our training is going to be in Gainesville, Texas. Like I said, this is open to the public. Go to chrisannhall.com. It requires registration. This event has, has some food involved in it. And so there's a required registration. But if you want to put your constitutional training on, then you want to come and join with us and get a chance to meet Larry, the bearded black cowboy, uh, as we begin our In Defense of Liberty tr training weekend. 
which by the way, JC, not sure if you know about that, sold out. Mm. We actually overbooked. And uh, so this time around, we're going to have a, a little larger group than, than we usually have. But let everybody know that we will be having more training in September. And so we, because we've been booking so quickly within Defense of Liberty, we're scheduling two a year now. Being careful not to do it in January, like we did the one year when it was like 11 below zero in Northern Texas. And then in July, when we did it that one year, when we were all roasting. Pretty, pretty warm. <laughs> pretty warm. That would be a good understatement. I would say roasting. Because, you know, you're rolling around and doing physical activity when it's 102 degrees. I, that was not Chrisanne. Chrisanne does not like hot weather jc likes hot weather yeah i don't like cold and i don't like hot uh i, I don't like really cold opposites attract right yeah right well that's probably just about the only thing we're opposite <laughs> on there's got to be at least one right sure <laughs> everything else we're just pretty much on track but which is why jc and i have such spirited conversations sometimes because we are so much alike and he's actually more stubborn than i am so mm. <laughs> anyway, on to our stories for today. Today is actually a topic, JC, that I have been wanting to talk about for a long time. We've done like little bits and pieces here, but this is like a continual story. We're going to deal with a single topic of propaganda and how the government uh, isolates, manipulates, and eliminates pop, uh, 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 political opinions or segments of society. Mm -hmm. This is actually something that I have learned. Well, it, it, it's interesting. I say learned because I put the pieces together, right? And so what we have is something that I created, a lesson that I created for River University here at the River School of Government in Tampa. And it required me to connect all the dots together. And, you know, that's what I do. That's my gift. I'm a dot connector. And so I was able to put some things together and the Lord brought some things to me uh, to help people learn. And so we're going to talk about this. Now, the first story I wanted to talk about, maybe a little bit, people may not actually understand how this is a connector. Maybe you will. I don't know. But this is our opening story today. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this opening story today, JC, was because of the language and the topic. Because here at the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, we have global listeners. Mm -hmm. We have listeners that come and visit and listen to us all over the world. Uh, quite often we get Canadians in the chat room uh, because they're on our time zone, yeah. right? But we are not get, far away, you know. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> Aozer. <laughs> I was maybe the only one that caught that. <laughs> so anyway, my quick ear. Anyway, we get the Canadians. They come in and tune in with us live in our chat rooms. But what we often get, what we always get, are people around the world who listen in their respective time zones. That's why when one of the reasons why we archive. I mean, we know people who are avoiding the 
YouTube, Facebook censorship by simply broadcasting live and then archiving on another platform. Mm -hmm. But we archive on YouTube and Facebook because we want people all over the world to know where to find us. As long as we can as long last. As, as long as we can last. We are setting up ways to do that for when we can't last, but as long as we can last. And so the point that I wanted to make, probably taking too much time to do that, is that liberty transcends geography. Liberty transcends culture even because liberty is an inherent gift. It's right. like the Not an American right, it's a human right. Exactly, exactly. You hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, doesn't say Americans are mm. created equal and endowed by their creator, but all men are created endowed by their creator are created and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. What about women? <laughs> Don't get me started, JC. Do you actually had that question the other day? Yeah. Now it wasn't because the guy asking me the question actually believed that it didn't include women. Yeah, but how do you answer? He that was it. How do you answer that question? question? Mm -hmm. And 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 what was interesting is he noticed, you know, he I mean he recognized it was a ridiculous question. And we should all recognize it's a ridiculous question, but to someone asking it, it may very well be a very legitimate question. Right. Right? They, I mean they think so. They think it is. Now, I would suggest to you that there are some that just simply know it's illegitimate or ridiculous sure. and they ask anyway. They want to point out the misogyny of yeah, yeah. founding. Which, by the way, JC. It means mankind. I found out that March is uh, National Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. Which means maybe this month we should highlight some of our founding mothers that Google and the rest of media are not going to highlight. Absolutely. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow. We'll start every episode in the month of March, because I have plenty, highlighting a, a founding mother of America. As long as I have your permission. Go. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But you'll help me keep on track. Do anyway, it, woman. <laughs> do what you're told. Do what I'm told. Teach that history. So anyway, or else this article, the German court in Weimar declares lockdowns as a, you know the COVID lockdowns as being unconstitutional. Which first and foremost, I find very interesting because obviously the German constitution has protections for human uh, for natural rights. And they would have protections then for property rights, which is also interesting to me because I use Germany in one of my classroom studies quite often. Uh, by way of example, that Germany uh, was created under the provision that kings give rights. Mm -hmm. America was created under the principle that, that God gives rights. Right. So these are natural rights. And so we are America is founded upon principles of greater liberty than Germany could ever imagine being established on the principle that kings give rights. They've come now. And I will say not in you know an egocentric, egotistical way, but because Americans stood for liberty in 1776, it spread this this phenomenon spread throughout the world. 
And so they were able to shed away from the kingdom mentality and realize that people have natural property rights and people have a, a natural right to be secure in their property rights. And that's what this is basically all about. You know, there's a Texas town with the same name. Weimar? Yeah, well, it's probably Weimar in Texas. It's Weimar. In Weimar. Germany, right, but right. Weimar. Probably Weimar, Texas. Right. Weimar, Weimar, Germany. Weimar. Like Houston, <laughs> Texas and Houston, Florida. Houston, Florida, right. right? Or um, I don't even know. Uh, Idaho has Moscow, but they don't. They call it Moscow. Right. So you have Moscow. Well, that's okay. The Russia. Russians call it Moskva. So Moskva. Neither so one's right. Neither one's right. <laughs> So anyway, Moskva and Weimar, I should have known that anyway. So as the Alliance for Human Research Protection reports, uh, a landmark legal decision declared that regional containment policies, including lockdowns, social distancing, prohibitions on gatherings by family or friends, are unconstitutional in Weimar, Germany. Wow. The, the judges called the lockdowns a, quote, catastrophically wrong political decision with dramatic consequences for almost all areas of people's rights. The judge also said that the government violated, quote, inviolably guaranteed human dignity under basic German law. Hmm. So if Germans who have not adopted since the inception of Germany, right? This principle that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've had these principles embodied in our foundation longer than Germany. How is it that the Germans get it and the Americans don't? Well, I think the German courts get it. Yeah. Well, I think it's significant. It's, it's, in Weimar, the Weimar Republic was was a constitutional republic. Then. Yes. Uh, and so I, you basically you see the influence of the principles that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Right? So so you don't have a you know, it's not like they didn't have a declaration of independence as we know it. And, you know, our founding documents. But they had this was a republic. Uh based on those same principles until the collapse until not rise of Nazi Germany. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I think it's awesome. So you see the vestiges yeah. of, of Liberty. This goes yes. to the point of exactly what you're saying. Yeah. They didn't have a U.S. constitution. Exactly. Because the principles of Liberty are not American. Yes. By nature. Right. So you, you had this same, the same ideas springing from mm -hmm. the heart of the people in this, you know, Weimar Republic, the German Republic. Uh, and, and here it is roaring back. Praise God. Yeah. So mercy, uh, I'm sorry, not mercy. One of our founding mothers, Abigail Adams said the flame of Liberty is lit. And now we watch as it spreads from soul to soul. And our founders were actually envisioned that this flame would spread throughout the world. Yeah. And, and I think what's in, it's encouraging in my opinion, I, I find it encouraging because this is also a phenomenon that you receive, that you see repeated throughout history mm -hmm. when oppressors and tyrants, because like you said, this is, it's, it, it is 
part of human nature. It is part of the nature of our creation and, and our existence as human beings. Mm -hmm. So the more tyrants and oppressors squeeze yes. people, this is what comes out. This is what you're squeezing out. Liberty is in the heart of mankind. Right. So you continue to squeeze. That's your problem. It's like, you know, the toothpaste tube, you know, Hey, this Liberty people standing for Liberty and Liberty principles are going to start squirting out and popping up. This is what's happening. So the and more pressure you feel, you know, they set up their own demise, right? Keep, keep, that's why some of the stuff Play, I see. They always, and, that, yeah. and that's what I talk about in, in the history of the constitution class. Keep going. These people always overplay their hand. Right. They commit some, what I call a fundamental error that finally inspires the people to say no more. Right. Well, and I, and I think part of that fundamental error is that Amer the, uh, this sort of American, what would you call it? Conceit or whatever, this assumption. Mm -hmm. So, because it's always been sort of the plan, right? The mm -hmm. plan of the globalists. Well, we take America off the scene, right? And we can take this out because yeah. America's the threat. It's you know, That's no, right. America's just been the symbol of these principles. It's been the embodiment. We of are these the principles. crucible, I think, is right. where where the where it all began as a governmental <laughs> thing, right? Right. But here's where you here's where you go wrong: globalist mafia cartel. Yeah. You squeeze America all you want and think that this is not going to manifest anywhere else in the world. This is in the human spirit. You know, JC, it's really interesting because we talk about it uh, as a an underlying principle of the foundation of America, which is true. But then even I sometimes, over, well, I wouldn't say overlook, but just sort of skate over the fact that, hey, uh, before 1776, these people were not Americans. Right. I mean, I actually go through the tr trouble of, of making that that connection with people when I'm teaching. Did you ever realize that George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, the people you think are founders of America before July 2nd, 1776, weren't Americans? And so the history of our Constitution that we teach at LibertyFirstUniversity.com is the history that, hey, we learned lessons about our how government is supposed to work, how uh, the rights of the people are so important and liberty is such an essential element to a free people. We learned that as we were subjects of Great Britain. So you can't say that it's exclusively an American thing because in reality, it began as an English thing. Mm -hmm. And it became, we just simply made it better. We were the ones that finally said, you know what? We're English. But at this point, we don't want any more kings. And so the thing that we did in 1776 was not just simply declare independence from Great Britain, but declare independence from kings forever. And that's what we did. I wanted to show you what, what else the the judge says here, or Dr. Reiner Fulnick, uh, the lawyer who initiated the, the suit, says, we consider this judgment to be extraordinary and of fundamental importance. 
It is transferable to all violations of COVID-19 measures. It is also transferable to the current renewed containment and all applicable coronavirus regulations because the quote number of cases end quote are decreasing as our patients in intensive care units. The judge confirms this with an excellent de demonstration. Yeah. So, and, and it goes on to say the, uh, well, this is actually a doctor also who, uh, provides a testimony within this and says the crisis is purely political with a health pretext. Yeah. I love how the set, the judge said, uh, the government violated the inviolable guaranteed human dignity yes. under basic German law. Yes. Uh, that forensic analysis of official data convinced the court that the epidemic situation that was used to justify the lockdown does not exist. The judge ruled that the government lacks sufficient legal grounds to impose the restrictions since there was no, quote, epidemic situation of national importance. He declared that the measures were an attack on the foundations of our society. So he's basically the, the uh, alleged level of emergency right did not rise right to to the level that they described to the level that mm -hmm. they purported and mm -hmm. so this is based on scientific and data analysis not just right. somebody's opinion but he's like let's look at the numbers okay what you're saying that that uh justifies right. these restrictions does not right you know so it's awesome. So you you know you wish uh, you wish America had some German courts. Yeah. Apparently. Well, but there are some judges that do that. The federal judge in the Pennsylvania case, right. I use that in my classes all the time. You know, he made some really really great distinctions there. So instead of uh, instead of importing the judges we have from American colleges, right? You know, socialist foreign countries. Uh, we, we maybe we should import them from Germany. Right. So I think what I'm what and, and the reason I chose this is now because <laughs> we don't want foreign judges. The um, we have foreign judges. We have foreign judges. That's right. Who are imposing foreign law. Right. I because mean, it's, it's what, not the Constitution. That's what they pump out at, at right. public universities. In my opinion, yeah. public, in law schools, public universities, law. including law schools, mm -hmm. uh, are are foreign territory. Right. Uh, they they by what they teach, what they propagate, by what they produce. Uh -huh. They have essentially declared their allegiance right. to un-American foreign principles. You, right. You've essentially, by your actions, declared yourself separate from this nation under the Constitution right. and the rule of law. So to the extent that these public universities and law school produce our judges, we have foreign judges. Yes, absolutely. So the reason, so the, this, this whole story sort of begs the question at this point, JC, how is it that the American people have lost so much liberty? Mm -hmm. How is it that the German courts are actually giving opinions that sound like they should come from America based on our constitutional republic? And so it all has to do with propaganda, right? And so what I'm teaching you today is what exactly is propaganda? Where did it come from? JC and I are going to talk about this. I'm going to show you some examples of propaganda. We're going to show you how it works. We're going to show you, by the way, something, maybe you've already seen this. 
because JC is well is often more studied in these kind of things than I am. But something that I discovered while I was writing our current event class for River School of Government here in Tampa that just absolutely I just blow my mind, but gave me goosebumps in a scary kind of way, right? So here we have just right. What is the key? One of the keys to education, JC, is seizing the language. Sure. So what is propaganda, right? Uh, I just simply Googled the definition of propaganda and it says information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. Yeah. So it is a tool. Right. Propaganda is a tool of education. But it's generally seen as a tool of negative education. Yeah, there's a, I actually have a great book. I think it's called Propaganda and goes through a, a you know, history of that. I mean, as as a basic principle, it, you know, it's not it, it didn't start out with a meaning of some sort of evil, evil thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then in its use throughout history, it came to have that connotation and, you know, it's pretty much used yeah. to manipulate. It was people. actually used. The word propaganda was actually first coined in regarding to the teaching of religious doctrine. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So a, 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 a Christian denomination used it to describe an education which then became known as the errant. Mm -hmm. I mean, it got this negative connotation. Now, remember, the, the, the definition was uh, misleading in nature, which is why I want to introduce you to another word that we want to, we want to know, uh, which is disinformation. Okay, so disinformation is different than misinformation. Disinformation is false prevent information, which is presented with the intent to mislead. Mm -hmm. So misinformation is bad information presented without intent. Right. Disinformation is bad information presented with an intent which to is, deceive. Which is which has been the primary, uh, you know, the primary form of what the U S government has used for yes. decades and decades, decades. Now I want to show you guys something very interesting here. I actually have an article at chrisannhall.com that I want to share with you. So if you want to see the American history of this, uh, this at least a 30,000 foot view of the American history of the creation and promotion of disinformation on the American people. Because first and foremost, so chrisannhall.com, the article is called why media has become a tool to, of the political complex. And in this, uh, it has, it came to my understanding through study that you cannot have a study on disinformation in America without including in a study on the creation of disinformation by mainstream media. So in this 
I'm what I'm doing is I'm talking about the Smith Moderniz Smith Modernization Act of 2012, which was passed by a Republican House and a Republican Senate, and signed into law by Barack Obama, which allowed which overturned a a U.S. law that was established in 1948 to prevent tax dollars from being used to create disinformation that will be knowingly presented to the American people as truth, right? Mm -hmm. Propaganda. Right. So in 1948, a, we responded to the American people, responded to a lesson that they learned in history about when government has the authority to hand out disinformation, especially using our tax dollars. Woodrow Wilson, right? Our famous, not so much, president. He established a committee on public information through an executive order with a purpose of influencing the American public in a positive opinion supporting our involvement in World War I. Mm-hmm. So one of the connections, JC, that with this that I always found was, uh, you know, I try not to connect dots until I see a bunch of them moving in the same direction because you can you can pick a dot and make a line in anywhere. Sure. But I'm watching now as I'm building this study where the majority and I say that conservatively because I'd like to say all of it. But the majority of the propaganda created, especially in the beginning was a propaganda to make the American people support foreign war. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's how it happens. And this is the connection, JC, that begins from the very beginning. So Woodrow Wilson has the Committee on Public Information through executive order, not through legislation, but through executive order, that employs a man named George Creel to be head of the Committee on Public Information. And Creel at that time was a well-renowned investigative journalist and editor of the Rocky Mountain News. Mm -hmm. So how do you get people to believe disinformation? You give them a face they already trust to deliver the information and they won't question where it, what it actually says. Yeah. And the other, the other uh, component of that equation is a face you hate. Because this laid yeah. this laid the state this laid the groundwork for what the CIA how the CIA mm-hmm. would use it Operation Mockingbird and and uh, right. how they basically uh, you know tried to pin all that the CIA was doing on uh, on on Mao right the communists right. were the big enemy so you leverage you leverage whoever the bad guy is on the scene so right. it was all about fighting commies all over the world and so while the CIA is is a uh, you know, involved in their block operations, mm-hmm. the heroin and opium trade funding, uh, funding what they do, mm-hmm. uh, then they needed to get out. You know, they they needed basically as well. What happened was, you know, they're they're using the heroin trade. And all of a sudden you start having this heroin epidemic and opium and all this, this drug epidemic all over America, which had never, you know, just never mm-hmm. been a thing. And so they have to have somebody to blame and let them know who it's, who it's, uh, you know, who's causing all this. Cause right. I can't be, you know, we can't say it's a, you know, the secret intelligence agency under your federal government and which are complicit in it and funded by right. the bankers um, like Rockefeller. But so 
they had to get out the narrative that, oh, well, Mao is flooding our streets with heroin. So that's, you know, that's, that's why we need to do this and fight them. Meanwhile, we're, we're funding, we're, we're funding and arming the national, the Chinese nationalists under Shanghai Shek to fight Mao, you know, I mean, working both sides of the thing. Uh, so that that's when they went around and with operation mockingbird and got all these journalists over 400 journalists and, uh, news organizations to push out their propaganda Mm -hmm. Uh, and this gave cover, like if it happened to be exposed or whatever's going on, then you, you are, you have this right to give cover to what they're doing. So fast forward now to world war two and FDR, by the way, we should just recognize that these are both Democrat presidents, yeah, right? right? Okay. Just, and what I'm talking about happens after yeah, World War II. Yeah. So this is, this yeah. is what lays the foundation yeah. so that it's all working together. You know, FDR then in 1942 creates the United States office of war mm -hmm. by executive order, whose purpose was to quote, truthfully inform end quote, the American people about the government's efforts in world war two. Yeah. Office of war information, the OWI. Yeah. The OWI office of war information. Interestingly enough, FDR appoints a man named Elmer Davis mm -hmm. to be chief of the OWI, who is a well-known CBS analyst. Yeah. And Davis's job was to coordinate information from the military and mobilize public support of World War II. Yep. So after World War II, when everybody saw the destruction of the Nazi regime, uh, there was a backlash. As a right. matter of fact, the media was opposed to the Office of War Information. Mm -hmm. You have the Associated Press. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, but what's ironic is the AP statement in opposition to the OWI written, you know, overhead by Elmer Davis was that the threat of an o OWI would would create a bot media. Yeah. So the AP released a statement that said, quote, government cannot engage in newscasting without creating the fear of propaganda, which necessarily would reflect the objectivity of the news services from which such newscasts are prepared. Right. So as a backlash for this, uh, then you get in 1948, the smith munt Act was passed and it had key limitations on government and the dissemination of propaganda to the American people. Right. Now that law remained in effect until you fast forward to 2012, where you have the Smith Munt Modernization Act, where the Republicans uh, in and the Dem and, and in the House and the Senate actually this was actually sponsored by a Republican. Yeah. And pushed forward by Republicans to undo the illegality of using tax dollars to create propaganda yeah. to so manipulate legalized the propaganda. They basically legalized legalized it in public what they have been doing in the shadows since through Operation Mockingbird. Exactly. And I mean, Operation Mockingbird, right. what I also learned for this class in Ru Ru School of Government was not just simply a media. Operation Mockingbird was the CIA creating 
college campus groups, funding yes. them, housing them, giving them the propaganda, and then enlisting these, these college campus groups to create chaos in society. Yeah. Because that's the that's the the CIA's mo, right? We need to well, it's create a, it's, chaos to well, it's whatever. a global cartel. CIA is just just yeah. a, a weapon. CIA, right. CIA is just a weapon on their right. behalf. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, it's a scheme of the globalist uh, cartel. Mm -hmm. that, you know, the banksters and you know the families, and so yeah, that I mean, so what basically had CIA doing this, and they co op and, and buy all these journalists. And like I said, so you, you go to 2012 and it's now, Oh, well this, yeah. you know, if this stuff comes out, we're doing this today. It gives legal yeah. justification. And the thing is, you know, I wonder JC, if operation mockingbird was about to be declassified, if that would have been one of the motivations because I, I, operation mockingbird became declassified. That's how people sure. started learning about it. So maybe this 2012 thing was, uh, you know, the Smith Point modernization is exactly what you said. Oh, oh crap. This stuff's going to be declassified. We better make people think it's okay. Sure. Well, you know, they, it's always the same script, but they, they change, you know, they change their approach. They will change their approach over the years, depending on what may be happening and what manifests as a consequence of what, of their manipulations. Well, so, you know, you, you think it's, it's fascinating. You go back and you see, you know, like in the forties and late forties and fifties, basically right after World War II with the alleged threat of the Soviet Union and communism spread around the world. And it was all about, you know, fighting, fighting the communist, uh, fighting the spread of socialism mm -hmm. well, worldwide, because at that time you still had a sense of, of nationalism mm -hmm. in America, patriotic national cohesion well, let's as not, that fell apart. Now they get on board with the socialism. Yeah, so let's not, not get ahead fighting. of our, our progression here, but I wanted to show you basically some evidence of this propaganda. We were actually watching it today. I came mm -hmm. across it. I was remembering it and we were watching it today. Yeah. And this evidence of propaganda, uh, this is actually a, a world war one, a world war two propaganda cartoon for kids. And you guys know, Sunny, Sunny's, uh, my assistant and she's been with us for a while now. And we were showing this. She's like, how did the people not see this? Because it's right. just so bold in their propaganda. So let's go ahead and play this. I wonder how many people in the, watching us today actually remember this because this these are cartoons that I remember. Obviously, they were not new when I was watching them, but they still played them when I was growing up. The USO, the Army, the Navy, and Marines need your dough. So come on, everyone, and give all you can for the sons of Uncle Sam. Everybody will do their bit. The more we contribute, the harder we'll hit. Take that band off your roll. Help them reach their goal. Give to the USO. Wow. So you have throughout this, let's watch this part here. I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Are we going to let the boys in the army down? No! Will every one of you pledge to do your bit? Yes! yes. 
propaganda now uh that is just crazy yeah and the, the nancy became popular comic was like sunday comic strip mm -hmm. and which was massively popular just reading a uh reason article um i think i shared it on facebook i'll share it other places Maybe put a link, but um, how the government turned comic books into propaganda from, from mm -hmm. reason.com and uh, goes through a little bit of the history. But you think, oh, it's targeting the kids, but it's not just kids. Like mm -hmm. more people read the comics right. than read the actual news right. in the paper. Right. So they turned this uh, hugely famous um comic strip character nancy which is still going today by the way 80 some odd years right uh still going still read by tens of millions uh all over the world actually and uh so the the as you said the the office of war information the army and all that you know the government uh, uses the comics and comic books started print i mean the, the u.s army printed their own comic books like creating right. their own comic books right still do that today mm -hmm. a similar a similar sort of thing um when i came across and this would be interesting interviews not have, haven't seen it or haven't heard us talk about it you can find it uh u.s training and doctrines command tradoc mm -hmm. t-r-a-d-o-c mad scientist um Mad Scientist Convention, yes. I think is what it's yes. called. Yes, we've watched some of those. They're it's pretty crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy. That, it's that all like, doing. it looks like, but, but they get sci-fi writers. So one of the sessions that, that that was presented at the at the conference or convention um, was how that the sci-fi writers, when, they, when they're writing many of their sci-fi stories, are communicating right this is them talking it's not somebody's conspiracy website or right, you know, something right, this is right. not a conspiracy this is the you know tr this is trade off trains the army right. and this are the writers and stuff talking about how they're they're basically communicating to the uh military industrial complex or communicating to the defense department and saying you know here's some ideas here's what you could do here's what we could do here's what we could possibly be capable of and giving them all these ideas it's it's directives uh and an idea machine so a lot of these the sci-fi books that you buy and read they're not for you they, they were right. not written for right. you as the reader <laughs> per se right. there's not all of them but but many of them yeah and many of the articles many of the authors were there and and they named a lot of the authors but they're writing to the defense department on behalf of the defense department it's it's pretty crazy um thing but it's the same kind of same kind of deal where the uh published you know what is what is sort of publicly available mm -hmm. for public consumption is not necessarily about just entertaining the public right. or here's what the pu public wants it's about guiding directing it's this it's this conversation uh, amongst the interested parties of the military industrial complex let me show you another video uh, because I wanted to show uh, there's there's two more videos that I want to show you today and this goes right in line JC with the what you're talking about how these publications are actually created not just for kids because you said you you pointed out that nancy is actually was actually the most 
widely known. You said something today that it was more watched. Yeah, there's a quote in the in the Reason article about it um, that talks about um, you know the substantially more people the the, the least popular comic, uh-huh. the least popular comic right. strip in the paper was more popular than the leading newspaper headline right newspaper right. story right so the so e, so this not even speaks to the most popular comic strip so people are gobbling up the comic strip more than what is actual the content of the news and this is what the government yep. figured out now watch this okay because this video speaks exactly to that Wow. Supposing our subject was civic pride, just what would Nancy do? So pause for just a second and realize that the teacher, the kids are saying reading, writing, and arithmetic is boring. We hate school. The teacher says, what do we do to make school better for you? Mm -hmm. And the kids say, let us learn from the comics. Yeah. If you don't know what What to to do, do, Nancy will. Nancy will show you what to do. Now watch. This is crazy. This is like, this is like creepy crazy. Open the funnies and look. Can I tell you that that the way she says that cadence, the the cadence, the repetition and the tone. Yeah. Straight brainwashing. I 45 years later, I could, I sang this Mm -hmm. to Sonny and JC before I could even find it again on YouTube. Yeah, 45 never, years this has been seared into it. my brain. Exactly. I heard you say Civic Pride it. Week, help beautify your city. That's exactly how I hear it in my brain. Yeah. Yeah, this is totally crafted brainwashing. So let me show you. We'll keep watching for just a second. Because we're going to watch the kids. Oh, what a miss. What a miss. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, I'm very much disappointed in you. Don't you know this is Civic Pride Week? Fine thing that. Yeah, and this is a common motif where the the adult is stupid and the child has to tell them what to do. Nancy, you're right. Doesn't that remind you of the chick with the braids screaming at adults about the uh, environment and yeah. gun control mm-hmm. and all you get a hog with the gun control. Yep. You got the chick with the braids screaming about 
uh, this, that, and the other. And then, then watch. Okay. So she actually takes this stuff from the adult and then watch. Cause I, this was just amusing to me. It's a shame to waste all this nice junk. I have an idea. I know what I'll do. So she's mad. She's mad, okay? She's mad because he had this stuff in a box outside her store. So now she's going to take it out of the box because she has an idea to, to reuse it and not waste it. And as she's running away, she's creating greater litter than what was created before. <laughs> what was the little pervy bit of this little kid, this little girl showing off? A bra. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so look how, look how far back that garbage goes yeah yeah so here we go we're gonna fast forward again now the propaganda is back in the classroom that's the way that nancy would do it follow up the bunnies they'll teach you what to do must you all express yourselves in such a noisy way don't forget the anti-noise campaign begins today the anti-noise campaign that's in the book Here's the whole solution, teacher. Take a look. Turn the anti-noise league. Help keep our city quiet. Say, Sluggo, that's a good cause. Let's join. Okay, Nancy. That's Snuffy or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. Nancy and... Sully or something? Squiggy or something. I don't remember. She says it, but I always forget. Now she goes around through the city trying to engage in this anti-noise campaign. I wish more people knew about this anti-noise campaign. Yeah, it needs more advertising. Maybe our club members could suggest something. Sure, that's a swell idea. We'll have a conference. <laughs> what the heck? So their solution to the anti-noise campaign is to hold a big parade. That makes a bunch of noise. That makes a bunch of noise. See, this, it's almost like this. It's like the globalist signaling their script i mean because that's part of the scheme yeah is to create right this is almost like like they're sort of mocking you with the with the idea of a false flag yeah right so you you present the problem mm -hmm. like how do we draw how do we make people want to move on this alleged problem yeah. of noise yeah oh i have an idea let's create noise yeah so, so it's almost like they're signaling that this is the funny thing i always that that always gets me about the globalist schemes is they love to be in your face yeah. about what they're doing. They're yeah. always sort of coding out there um, right in front of your nose uh -huh. what they're all about. Right. Right. So I'm going to show so you, you. So you laugh. And that's the other key. You remember uh, mm -hmm. somebody was telling, uh, I think CL Bryant was telling us about, uh, you know, the comedy, the Archie Bunker and all mm -hmm. this sort of, and sort of their technique of make them laugh. Yeah. How, how do you tear down? How do you, how do you break down the walls so that they'll receive it? Right. You know, and you, right. you sew it in humor. 
You can also see emotion is one of the most valuable tools of propaganda. So you can do it as an education, as a funnies, right? Mm. Look at the funnies. They'll tell you what to do. Yeah, or pull the heartstrings. Or fear. Or fear. Or fear. Mm -hmm. This is one that I also showed that I remember, even though it came after my era, I remember it because they replayed these commercials. Those of you out there might remember the duck and cover videos. Yeah, some of the old ones, you know, they were this made This is older, 1951. But I they replayed to. them. I watched them in school. Yeah, right. right so right. even though they were. Because uh, we were still under, technically under the Cold War. Yeah. When, when we were in school. So these things were still, I guess, applicable to a certain degree. Right. I think they just had enough propaganda in it that, yeah. you know, they still worked. So here's the duck and cover. children are practicing to duck and cover just as you do in your school. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. Since it may be used against us, we must get ready for it, just as we are ready for many other dangers that are around us all the time. Fire is a danger. It can burn whole buildings if someone it is It's totally absurd, right? But we are ready if, for fire. If you, if you can protect yourself so easily from a nuclear weapon by hiding under do. a desk, yeah. then what actually too. is the threat? Sometimes yeah. right? It's so absurd. Watch, though, but they're building on the fear of these children. Seen. If you are not ready and did not know what to do, it could hurt you in different ways. But since you it know to hide under your desk... Or throw you against a tree or a wall. <laughs> it is such a big explosion... It can smash in buildings and knock signboards over, your desk. break windows all over town. But if you duck and cover like Bert, <laughs> you will be much safer. Oh, my gosh. You know how bad sunburn can feel. Oh, the yeah. atomic bomb flash could burn you worse than a terrible sunburn, especially but where you're not desk. Now, you and I don't have shells to crawl into like Bert the turtle, so we have to cover up in our own way. First, you duck, and then you cover. There's an element of fear because you never know when it's coming, yeah, which is what it's all about. It's all about because obviously the solution is yeah. is utterly preposterous. When the warning comes. That getting on your desk, under your desk, is going to save you from a nuclear explosion. Sure to get into the flash. Uh, come on. So yeah, it's all about the fear and control. Watch, watch this little segment here. This is hilarious. Go to the nearest safe cover. Into his Cub Scout meeting. Tony knows the bomb can explode any time of the year, day or night. He is ready for it. Duck and cover. a boy, Tony. That flash means act fast. Yeah. Tony knows that it helps to get to any kind of cover. Yeah, right. This wall was close by, so that's where he ducked and covered. Tony knew what to do. Notice how he keeps from moving or from getting up and running? He stays down until he is sure the danger down. is over. Watch. The man helping Tony is a civil defense worker. His job is to help protect us when there is danger of the atomic bomb. 
So stay down until the civil service worker comes yeah. and gives you permission. Stay in to your get prone back position yep. until the government says you can get up. Yeah. Now watch this. This is the last video I'm going to show you today because this is another propaganda video that is, again, it's sort of like this whole false flag thing that you were talking about, right? How do we... How do we get people? So you can propaganda is most powerfully used by emotion. So you can use it any type of strong emotion, laughter, mm -hmm. fear, whatever is the, is the mechanism of propaganda that we yeah. know about. So watch this. This is actually a political ad in 1964 and it's called the Daisy ad. So let me show it to you. Oh, no. Sound. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Daisy. I forgot the. Does Daisy know to duck and cover? Uh, no, it's actually, it is actually crazier than that, JC. Yeah. Let me put this sound back. Sorry, guys. I didn't. So, yeah. Tony, lay down so we can find your dead body. Yeah, by no, the wall. this is actually worse, right? So I got the audio. There we go. It's all shared. All right. Now watch the Daisy ad. This is a political ad in a presidential campaign. These are the stakes to make a world in which all of God's children can live or to go into the dark. We must either love each other or we must die. Vote for President Johnson on November 3rd. The stakes are too high for you to stay home. Can you believe that? Yeah. So you have Lyndon B. Johnson running for president with the propaganda ad of if you don't vote for me, your children will be annihilated with a bomb. And that's part of the script. That, yep. that is the script over and over again. This, this, surely this is going to be a multi-part thing. Yes. This is like part yes. one show because there's part one. so much yeah. of this. But the script, you have to have the threat, the bad guy. <laughs> And and you see when when the winds change, like back what you were talking about, we're fighting right. we're fighting the communists, they're the bad guy. And then because you still had the sort of national cohesion, patriotic nationalism in right. in the in the in America. Uh, you know, and of course they take over the education system and as that shifts, so now it's different. Now you're on the side, the globalists are on the side of the socialists mm -hmm. where they're pretending to fight the socialists before and they figure out, you know, they adapt. And so, but it's all about, you know, their, their war machine, the war right. machine is their biggest revenue stream. And so you have to have good guy, bad guy. Right. That's why in some, in the wars, like in Korea, Vietnam in particular, the policy was containment because mm -hmm. you, you have to make sure that there's an enemy left after the war's over. So we can continue right. to make money off of the threat. So, all about the threat. So what we're going to do is tomorrow we're going to begin with part two. 
And tomorrow we're going to, you know, for teaching purposes, we'll do a little review just so you catch up. And then tomorrow we're going to bring this home to current events and this application of this universal plan to isolate, to manipulate, and to eliminate counter views. And I'm going to show you how this is something that is deep psychology. I call it deep psychology. It's hey. deep psychology because you cannot get away from it. This is something they figured out that oh. is so deep in our psyche. How do we isolate? How do we manipulate? How do we eliminate counter opinions? And, and that's going to be tomorrow. And they've honed their skills to an art. Yes, they, they have. Perfected yes. this propaganda. It's absolutely stunning. What I'm going to show you was written decades ago. Decades ago, this psychology has been used. And we're going to learn tomorrow about, and you're going to see it. I'm just going to show it to you. And it's going to be absolutely unavoidable, all the dots that are going to connect in your mind. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe so this. You have a real solid sense of what you're dealing with with the government media complex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which are tools for the globalist. Yeah. So make sure you you share today's episode. Uh, you encourage your friends to watch today's episode and you bring them in tomorrow's episode so we can continue with this how the American people are trained to be deceived. Show your kids how Show this propaganda kids. works. Yeah, absolutely. So God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow.